0: Well, the way I see it is uh, people are stunned to ask the questions uh, as Americans wake from this kind of lull over the last um, three years or so. Many are asking what? what just happened, right? I mean, lives have been forever changed and many of these lives are not for the better, keep in mind. So now comes the questions like how, who, why? Those are reasonable questions here. Welcome into America, Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here with my co-host.
1: Dr. Peter McCullough.
0: I see those questions. How, who, why? I mean, we we see people are very curious now. And I think this is going to begin to build more and more. The more we move away from the actual target data, when this happened and what people went through. Uh, Let me start here. It's a very interesting question that came in from this listener, Elena. Uh, she says, that's uh, <laughs> a profound question, actually, simple one, but why are they still calling for emergency use authorization for these vaccines when there is no more emergency? It's a good question, isn't it? You
1: know, that's a fundamental question. In 1976 in the United States, uh, we passed legislation called the Emergencies Act, and that was really a method of closing emergencies. Emergencies used to be opened by various administrations, but there was no mechanism by which they could be declared resolved. And that's really what we need to do is we need to declare this emergency resolved. The opportunity is going to come up again in October for President Biden. But emergencies should meet some form of a common sense definition, such that, uh, you know, in the case of a medical problem, that the health systems are overwhelmed that uh, those with common health problems now are threatened because they can't get care because we're so overwhelmed with uh, the current condition of of interest. So in the case of SARS-CoV-2, our hospitalizations crested in uh, January of 2021 that were really for COVID. And uh, we never exceeded our hospital capacities. Uh, we never lost our ability to serve other people. And after that, the emergency was over with. So I've said publicly, I think beyond January 2021, it was done. We should have closed the emergency, and that way we could have gotten back to normal life. But the extension of the emergency enables a lot of power uh, without any accounting oversight, without any omnibus reconciliation, with no votes. Money is flowing from treasuries into what we call in our book, COVID 19, uh, Courage to Face COVID 19. Uh, our book, we call this the biopharmaceutical complex. There is a largesse of money, Malcolm, that is flowing now to a variety of stakeholders.
0: Yeah, the only thing we can relate this to then is power and money, Peter. I don't know what else there would be. Well, we control. have an extreme,
1: Yeah, we have an extreme example. You know, we're under a national emergency for a monkeypox.
0: Right
1: for a monkeypox. Now, does anybody see a monkeypox emergency? Do we feel yeah. the health systems are overwhelmed with monkeypox? Monkeypox is a Skin rash, it's largely evolved into a sexually transmitted diseases among gay and bisexual men because it takes a lot of, of, of physical contact to uh, spread the virus. It doesn't spread very readily. And it's so easily treated with oral or IV t uh, There's even a vaccine, a Bavarian Nordic Genios vaccine. So everything there is ready to go. This is just another medical problem that's arisen. And there is a simple solution There is no medical emergency. You know, I recently went on with Mm -hmm. Steve Bannon on the War Room, former White House advisor, and Steve uh, really impressed me on a particular insight. He says, you know, you started with the opener about what just happened, the why, uh, you know, the where, the how, how did this all happen? Mm -hmm. Bannon says that the electronic forms of communication through search engines, through postings, that almost all of it's going to be whitewashed. You know, outside of our platform Mm -hmm. on America Out Loud and a few other independent platforms, everything's going to be whitewashed and and i think he's right you can already see it through this heavy censorship through social media mainstream media none of it's trustable it's just heavily censored bias these false fact checkers he says the only thing that's going to help us are the books the books actually memorialize what happened they give timelines they give references you can physically hold them you can hold a book in your hand right and you know the, there are not that many covid-19 books i've studied this space One of the first ones was by uh, Diane Andrews down in Baton Rouge, just talking about uh, Trump's initial reactions to hydroxychloroquine and his involvement. Then it was uh, Pam Popper's called COVID Operation, just how things got operationalized. Uh, And then, uh, you know, the big tome came out and I was involved in its genesis. uh, And that was published by Peter Bregan, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. And myself, Dr. Lee Vliet, and the late Dr. Vladimir Zlenko Zlenko all wrote introductions to this. But this uh, was uh, published uh, in 2021 and copyrighted. It's over uh, 11, uh, uh, let's see, it's um, a total of 650 uh, pages, including the index, and over 1,100 citations. So this one is a tome, basically memorializing a timeline. Other books have come along. Uh, we've uh, introduced a book I've written with John Lee called Courage to Face COVID-19, which tells about the suppression of early treatment mm-hmm. in the uh, setting of a, of a narrative, a true crime narrative. And then a book that I wrote uh, one of the inside cover introductions for is called The Psychology of Totalitarianism by Matthias Desmond. And, uh, and then, of course, there are other books, Robert F. Kennedy, The Real Anthony Fauci, Scott Atlas's book, Cloud Over the White House, uh, and there'll be more that are, are coming along. But let me just read for you uh, the inside passage for Praise for the Psychology of Totalitarianism by, by Matthias Desmond. I just want the audience to hear this, Malcolm. Uh, quote, as I walk through the halls of a major U.S. medical center, I see eyes that divert themselves away from me as I pass. When we engage in our usual discussions on patients, the topic of COVID-19 vaccination brings up a halting response. We don't want to talk about it. I see fear, shame, and a never-ending cycle of groupthink that has been more contagious among physicians than aerosolized SARS-CoV-2 in a crowded elevator. Matthias Desmond, like a guided missile, has hit the target. The medical community is in mass formation And this has led to a much larger uh, penumbra that has enveloped the general population. In this book, Desmond has constructed an explanatory framework from which the cohesive fabric is suspended and that clearly and concisely explains what is happening and what the next steps are that each and every one of us need to take to break the spell and restore normalcy. A must read for our time.
0: And, but yet there's this ongoing debate about, uh, uh, who's responsible for this, uh, you know, were these coincidences, or were or were people responsible for it, were globalists, were some of these folks in, uh, responsible for this, how do you answer that?
1: Well, the, 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 therein lies the debate, right, so um, Matthias Desmond heavily relies on the work of Hannah Arendt, right. and Hannah Arendt uh, wrote about how did Nazism, mm-hmm. as a contagious form of thinking, spread among people there, so mm-hmm. Matthias Desmet is describing, I think, in an attractable way, the psycho phenomenon. What Bregan is describing and what John Leek, my co-author, in our book described is what we call a psyop, a, mm-hmm. an intentional psychological yeah, yeah. operation. Yeah. And Bregan just puts it in his title, right? The global predators. Uh, in our title of our book, we put biopharmaceutical complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, the point that Bregan and Leek and McCullough are bringing out are that there are perpetrators that that this is intentional, and I think that's where all the honestly the, right. the uh, I think the I think it's a productive discussion. I don't think it's a debate; it's a productive discussion. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, if you're willing to have that discussion, you're absolutely correct. Uh, it is a productive discussion. One of the big points that just comes out of the conversation we're having that I, I think is uh, should not be lost that you mentioned a moment ago is the whitewashing. The whitewashing is going to be a real problem, uh, Dr. McCullough. This is going to be... Uh, it, because not only do people have short memories, uh, but they're willing to accept whatever narratives put in front of them. And But you, you say the books are really the evidence. But really, it's going to take a lot more than that to really hold any uh, accountability, uh, if there will ever be any. Uh, so that whitewashing is going to be really key. But they're very, very clever at that, pushing the ball forward with the next narrative or the next crisis, aren't they? And we're probably going to see more of that. Listen to a couple of these points here now that play into the narrative we're talking about. This this next one is from Jane, and and these are some really interesting thoughts here. As she says, actually, in labeling those who see a plan behind the COVID op as conspiracy theorists, Desmond is carrying water or whoever did plan this thing, we have plenty of likely suspects because what was most striking about the COVID rollout was the many signs that it had been planned in advance, okay? Even at the time, there were plenty of signals of planning. The identical messaging, the simultaneous uh, rollout of similar policies across many countries on planet Earth, uh, Q, the role uh, of, of the who, right? The sudden appearance in every city in every small town of identical signs and public service videos, in the post office, in transportation hubs, in buses, in public buildings, et cetera, remind us to social distance, protect yourself and others uh, by wearing a mask, proven years ago to have zero efficacy, you know. Wash hands on the rest of the infantilizing uh, litany, the imposition of identical lockdown policies, the worldwide vaccine coercion. I could go on, she says. All of this smacked the planet even before we were able to view videos of event 201 uh, and other such previous planet events, none of which emphasize public health and all of which emphasize social control and potential for screw tightening on citizens' freedoms. Uh, that's very interesting coming from Jane. So if, if that's all the case, how can this, how can this be pinned on the public just uh, consuming all of this, uh, meaning that nobody was really responsible for this? These were all just sort of random events that happened, but they weren't random, Peter. Well, they weren't. well
1: I, actually, that's a. I think this is a wonderful discussion. So Bregan points out since 2012 There have been 36 pandemic preparedness planning events. It's in the timeline. Um, And that 25 of them generated documents. You can read the documents. And thank goodness he's uh, captured all of this. And then six of them, as the uh, listener points out, have been filmed like event 201. So this no doubt was planned. And in our book, Courage to Face COVID-19, John Lee points out all the classic Propaganda techniques that were used. One of them, the listener points out, Malcolm, is called flooding the zone. Flooding the zone is crafting the same message and absolutely flooding every single region with it. Remember, crisis of the unvaccinated, and you know, on and on. They they were just planned uh, propaganda events. But what Desma points out is that the only way this actually works is for this psychological phenomenon called mass formation to really take hold. Because if, if a, there were perpetrators and they put out a mass propaganda campaign, as we described, but there was no mass formation, you know what would happen? People would just blow it off. They would be, you know, you know it's, it's like there's a mass campaign to reduce saturated fat in the human diet. Everyone would say, okay, I understand that your saturated fat is bad. Let's go have a hamburger. No, nobody, nobody would care, Malcolm. Mm-hmm. The point is what made people care. And what made it work was mass formation. So the two are actually cohesive. They're not competing theories. There was a psychological operation first, and it was planned for a long time. But what made it actually real, that actually changed world history, was mass formation.
0: Hmm. Well, that people got in line, that people started to accept what was happening, which I was scratching my head when this thing was happening early on, I'm saying where we knew what we knew and yet people were going, they were just falling in line to take all of these experimental vaccines and they were wearing the virtual signal and on the mask and they were just going along with all of the charades that seemed to be coming down. And yet everything was controlled at that point. The the emergency was passing, as you explained just a bit ago. Uh, but yet, so, all right. Uh, this is interesting and um, the the word psychosis was a real problem for bregan because psychosis refers to being really mentally deranged and, and when that was used into the format of this mass psychosis Uh, which was was introduced by Robert Malone into this equation, Uh, he took offense to that and really started to push back to say, no, this is not the citizens. This is not the masses who were psychosis or deranged in that way. I mean, the formation you might be able to buy, but the psychosis seemed to cross a line for Bregan. Talk about that.
1: Well, you know, um, Desmond was always careful in all his lectures from the very beginning Mm -hmm. to use mass formation as a term, and then he put in parentheses psychosis because he put it in parentheses because psychosis is a clinical term. And that's what Bregan is pointing out. Bregan is the physician clinician. Desmond is the PhD psychologist. Mm-hmm. And so Desmond was careful to, to highlight that, that in, in a sense, a way to understand this is a psychosis, but mm-hmm. it's not like someone has um, you know some type of derangement syndrome
0: and well, that's the question right there. But let me just tell you, Bregan took offense to and what you just said, there's another piece to that. And he took offense to that because what he has said repeatedly is that uh, uh, th- that Malone is the one that was supporting Desmond's uh, theories in uh, with the publicity. Uh, which was becoming pretty massive here about the psychosis point, and so it was no longer in parentheses. Let me under let me explain to you: it was no longer in parentheses when it was put out on the Joe Rogan show, or it was put out on other big uh, branded shows. It became out of parentheses. It became part of the mantra, part of the norm. Uh, did, is that not what happened?
1: Well, I think people, you know, didn't respect the parentheses as a you know as a marker. Mm. Because you know the ter- the term, it's a, you know it's a colloquial term now. You know the term, and I give Desmet uh, credit for popularizing it. But ultimately, Desmond came over to the United States recently. He made a tour. He went on Tucker Carlson. He went on uh, Alex Jones' Infowar and a variety of shows uh, in order to explain this. But um, I can tell you, I recently went on a podcast, a, um, a Canadian podcast, and I was asked to respond to clips of a Canadian physician, a young woman, and she was wearing an N95 mask in a completely empty office, Hmm. you know, on TV. And someone asked her about returning to normal. And she said, listen, anybody out there who wants to return to normal is a right wing conspiracy theorist, anti-vaxxer. There's no way we're returning to normal. COVID-19 is real. And she went on and on, and her eyes got bigger and bigger and bigger, and she basically just looked like she was nuts. When it came to COVID-19, she looked like she was nuts. And in those frames, Mm -hmm. I'd almost say, listen, she looks psychotic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mentioned in my introduction to Desmond's books that, listen, doctors are okay, everything's okay, but as soon as you hit COVID, people don't want to talk about it. Now, if I was depressed, you'd start to see this psychotic behavior come out of people
0: right yeah right. but that's not the masses that you're right with what you say there and i totally get that Women you're speaking about because there are times where you were driving on the highway and you would see a single per oh, this happened a fair amount actually in the heat of covid uh and really went on for quite some time one person and just one single person in the car by themselves isolated with a full mask on and you question and wonder, what are they thinking, possibly? I mean, this now, this was a form of brainwashing to the degree that people were really buying into some sort of a narrative that the sky was falling. Does that all fit into that classification of psychosis? It,
1: it does. And, you know, psychosis, of course, is an individual term. You, these um beha- behaviors, Malcolm, you yeah. saw people attacking each other in the That's store right. for not toilet
0: wearing, paper, wearing a toilet mask. paper and toilet paper <laughs> remember it, toilet it,
1: paper wasn't available right but you saw people um in this yeah. very aggressive behavior That's to nice. others about not wearing a mask oh, yeah. uh, people just attacking each other yeah. uh, out there uh, this completely irrational behavior uh that it, it was honestly it was yeah. driven by psychosis do you, do you remember when the vaccines mm. came out mm-hmm. and there were so many people lining up for the vaccines that a couple of people just died of dehydration in the lines waiting for the vaccines. Wow! I mean, you 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 know, historians are going to record mm-hmm. all of this human behavior. So, at a population level, there are groups clearly in mass formation, and at an individual level, there clearly are examples of psychotic behavior.
0: Yeah, no, the the examples you you pull off some really good points there. I'm so glad you said what you said because. It refreshed my memory about that, those incidences, um, this uh, fitting into the same conversation from Joan. Let me read this, please. She says, you should broaden your understanding to see that we are preyed upon by the pharmaceutical tech government industry. And we are also deluded by sheep thinking, which is which if some want to call it mass psychosis, it would ever be so be it. I live in a northern Minnesota area where I am the only one of 20 friends and acquaintances who is not vaccinated. They are all about to run and not walk to get their fifth shot. (laughs) While, yes, they are preyed upon, they have a responsibility for their own health, well-being and research, and none of these highly educated people are doing it. They are brainwashed, call it what anyone wants to call it. What do you say to that comment from Joe? Wow.
1: I agree with her. You know, there actually is a socioeconomic uh, strata. Uh, quote the most more, more intelligent or more successful people. They were more likely to get vaccination, so they seem to have less discernment regarding safety. And I have a personal theory on this. I think people who think they have more to lose are actually more affected by fear-driven strategies by the predators. So people who think they have a lot to lose, Mm. they'll say, oh boy, you know, I could be easily preyed upon. Mm. I better get in line and get my vaccine. And so those who have less to lose figure, you know, what the heck, I don't have anything to lose. I'm not taking one of these vaccines. Mm. So you see this all the time. I can't tell you how many millionaires and billionaires I've met and they all want to shake my hand and get selfies, but I ask them, you know, why don't you speak out and say something if you don't like what's going on? They said, boy, you know, I'm really I'm afraid. So they have a lot of fear. And then I'll go to other health freedom events and there'll be a medical assistant or a secretary, somebody much lower in the socioeconomic status to so say, you know what? I don't like what's going on and I'm not taking one of these vaccines.
0: Well, it's so interesting. You think back to the early part when we started talking, um, you know, you you transitioned quite a bit because imagine what we didn't know at the beginning of this thing. But there were a lot of things that you didn't engage with early on, but that became so obvious and so evident in the light of day, you you just couldn't hold back anymore. and that and you be that's where I think that was the sticking point um, or the moment you became uh, a lightning rod for the health freedom movement, uh, Peter. I think that was the point where people started to see you as a light. Is when you were start, you really came out and started to speak the truth. In other words, you left your doctor shield somewhat behind to get to the truth of what many wouldn't get to. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do what you did. They wouldn't say what you say, and they're still not doing that. If, I mean, if the healthcare industry is loaded with those kind of people, and they're full of it. So that was a moment I think I reflect on with you because I've seen the transition of you from when we first started. And as things got on, you started to get more enlightened, but also angry, but not angry in a in a hostile way, because we don't do that here, but angry about what transpired. And you then had a burning desire in you, because this is what happened to me as well, to get the truth out there. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, I'm so glad
1: you articulated that. Uh, each one of us has a personal journey here. And each one of us has an awakening. Uh, America Out Loud and and you as an individual, Malcolm, you started with this very, very strong base for civil liberties in a liberal democracy. And that is your advocacy stance, right? Amen. And so I started out as a medical doctor, just trying to treat patients. And uh, you know, the culmination of my book, Courage to Face COVID-19, the last chapter is me giving a speech to America on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. And as a medical doctor, I'm advocating for civil liberties. But again, the importance of the printed word. And in August of 2020, I published an op-ed in The Hill. It said the great gamble of the COVID-19 vaccine development program. That's in August of 2020. That's before the vaccines. And when we look back on it now, I may be the only public figure in America that questioned the vaccines before they came out.
0: Yeah. 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 I I remember that. And I remember the piece. I remember us talking about it early on when we started this journey. Now bringing us all to a head, listen to this. Now, this is the most remarkable couple of thoughts or questions. Very simple, very simple, but boy, he nails it. Ron, this is from Ronnie. Listen to Ron. He says, Dr. McCullough, now brace yourself, please help me to understand what has happened. How could so few people cause and inflict so much sickness and even death upon so many. Aren't there checks and balances in place to prevent this medical malpractice? How did just a few force this upon our nation?
1: You know, that is a great question. Uh, you know, so many times I, I I envision what's going on. And I think of a, an Avengers movie or Too Fast, Too Furious or a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movie, or a James Bond movie, where there's a few villains, I mean, really, really evil villains, and somehow they coordinate some mass misery for the entire world in their pursuit of world domination or power and control. The most interesting thing is these villains, uh, in our book, we lay them out. It's called The Biopharmaceutical Complex. In Bregan's book, he lays it out called The Global Predator's These people, to begin with, are very wealthy and powerful. And so the question is, what is their goal? To become more wealthy and powerful? To inflict misery on the world? What could be the motive? And again, how could such few people do it? Well, such few people do it when they have a massive economic influence, like the World Economic Forum, the Gates Foundation, the Welcomes Trust, the... uh, the, um, uh, Chinese Communist Party, the Gavi and CEPI and Eco Health Alliance, NIH, CDC, and FDA. How did they actually all come in alignment? Now, when you actually bring all those entities together, it's not a few people, it's a lot of people. I predict that we won't find any emails. It's very interesting. I don't think we'll find emails. Somehow, these organizations came into what's called lockstep. And that's described in Klaus Schwab's book, COVID 19 and the Great Reset. Where he lays it out within a few months of the pandemic, Klaus Schwab, in charge of the World Economic Forum, said, "We will use COVID nineteen to reset a new world order." And so, you know, there's something about this that is so unique and special. I, I you know, and, and what Bregan says, and I agree with him, is that it's all in the open. Don't look for any secret roadmap here. Mm. It's all in the open. Just follow the and. And John Leake, my coauthor, of my book says. Pay attention to public utterances. These public utterances really do matter. When Klaus Schwab publishes a book and says COVID-19, we will use it to reset a new world order. He said, take it seriously. The World Economic Forum does, through this biopharmaceutical complex, wants to reset a new world order. Do they want mass vaccination in every person in the world? Yes. Do they want digital ID and tracking? Yes. Do they want a social credit score? Uh, in order to be influence behavior. Yes. Do they actually want transhumanism? Do they want to start to change the human body? Yes. I mean, they're all over their, mm. their, their world economic forum website. Yeah. You can just read it. Klaus Schwab has been giving videos for years now talking about the fourth industrial revolution and in changing the human body. Mm. I mean, pay attention to it. Yeah. it, it it's clear.
0: Yeah, the fact of what you say that Reagan says it's all out in the open, you don't have to look for that. Uh, as I call, I always suggest it's a smoky filled room somewhere uh, where people are uh, conspiring. Uh, well, it's a, it's just in your mind. It's a mindset is what I'm speaking about. There really isn't a room specifically, but it is a mindset where the conspiring does go on. It does happen. And you bring it up perfectly with, with Reagan suggesting that, that it is it is all out in the open. Uh, what was fascinating about him and, uh, and Ginger Bregan is they connected dots. They connected dots and started to create. And they spent a lot of time. This was a, a really a pinnacle, I would say, of their career, Peter, uh, to connect these dots and to be able to say, OK, these are the global predators. I mean, what they've done here is uh, it's momentous here, I believe, to be able to point out what should be obvious to so many, but is not, as you say, uh, the questions are many. The debates are healthy. I do agree with that. If we can get those debates, um am enlightened today in talking to you and having these discussions. The other component to discuss on this um, uh, ahead here is the media. Uh, the media. This is really the mind twister for me personally, Peter, there to the, the media. What The fact of everything we just laid out. There's so much richness there to be able to grab onto, to uh, to want to get out to the mountaintops and spell that truth out. If you really care about humanity and mankind, you would want to do that, surely. But they haven't done that. And they still haven't done that. It's only on the, ele- the elements of what you described moments ago about America out loud, being uh, someone who marches, wants those civil liberties back and is against this uh, progressive liberalism take over Marxist control of our nation and of our world. It wants to get back to when we were back, you know, decades ago. So it leads for an interesting point here, as we're going to pause just a moment here um, for a network identification, friends, Uh, very, very interested. I'm so pleased we had, uh, many of you have been asking for this. We need to make sure you hear the conversations we're having now today, because I, I didn't know how far we'd go on it, but I, I, the listen uh, brien in here about wanting this information is so vital, and we we hear you um you know through all of this, uh, let me just get a mention in as well to um some of our uh amazing 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 uh sponsored partners uh, and uh there there are several to mention here, and I want to start with the things we've learned through this covid uh the nasal hygiene is the first thing that comes to my mind is so vital. we've learned so much about that that I, I couldn't have imagined this. Uh, there are two products we highly recommend that are on the platform here. Uh, one is Cofix RX that you hear us talk about. That has a povidine iodine. The other one is also very interesting. It's called Clear, X-L-E-A-R. That one's made with xylitol. Uh, they're very fascinating products, very, very good. Uh, Dr. McCullough, we, you, you've you really been supportive of that. Your uh, post, in fact, on povidine iodine is the most... Um, read and uh, uh, shared a post on the network that we did. It tells people how to share it. That's before we had COFIX out here. Actually, now that makes it easier, of course, in the bottle. Speak about that, nasal hygiene.
1: It's so true that with uh, particularly Omicron, it replicates 70 times faster than Delta. And it's largely in the nose. When, When people get fever, headache, all these other symptoms, it's because the virus is in the nose replicating. And, you know, pills and shots don't penetrate the nose very well. We actually need to use virucidal nasal washes and sprays. And that's the reason why this is so important. Many things inhibit the viral replication very strongly. Uh, Povidone iodine, hydrogen peroxide, colloidal silver, uh, xylitol. That's what's in these products. You know, recently uh, I had uh, a patient uh, and a, who's also a friend. He's in my Bible study, but he's in his 70s. Retired doctor, uh, he has heart disease. His wife has had breast cancer, and they uh, took two vaccines early in twenty twenty one. You know, and then we, you know, as the data evolved, it happened to so many people. They said, "Listen, we're not taking any boosters." You know, we we were good citizens to start with, but uh, you know, in January February twenty twenty one, we didn't know, but we we know now, and they're not taking any boosters. But you know what? They have a trip to Europe. And they said, you know, we are concerned about what we're hearing in Europe. And it's true. Uh, It happened to somebody in my circles where if you get COVID-19 in Europe and it's declared, you are easily swooped up and put into a COVID hotel against your will. Your passport's taken, everything's taken away from you. You can't leave and you're stuck. And there, the only thing that can happen is that you get worse. So what I told him, I got him loaded up with the McCullough protocol. He came over to my house uh, last night. And with it, I said, listen, here's some bottles of Cofix RX. Mm. So when you're out touring, what have you run a lot of people in these museums, these cruise boats, you know, use it prophylactically, probably twice a day, prophylactically. And then in the setting of acute illness, we can use it more frequently. And Cofix RX is small. It's travel ready. It doesn't leak. I can tell you it's in my travel bag right now. And I can tell you, the reassurance that this doctor had that him and his wife are going over to europe and they have a plan was worth a million bucks
0: yeah it, it you know i've seen it you and i've had these conversations and you know it, it saves my my wife's mom um totally i mean she had many comorbidities to get out of the hospital was very sick and my wife had contracted COVID for the second time in her company and i was very very scared because i thought oh boy this will take uh, this will really wreak havoc on her body may very well kill her uh we got the cofix rx over there immediately because in the same room with her with COVID, uh, COVID being highly contagious you know you're going to get it i mean there's no doubt about that and you know she never did contract that disease she never got it or at least it never i mean and surely it would have had an impact on her I mean, she has comorbidity; she's well in her 80s and uh wasn't well you know what i mean um so it is a remarkable product anyways. And I, I love both these products. So let me just tell you how you get both. Now, Clear is available in pharmacies and grocery stores throughout the country, X-L-E-A-R. So that's easy to find. It's a great uh, CEO uh, in front of that company, Nathan Jones, who we have interviewed here. He's a really, uh, really interesting folks. On uh, uh, CoFix Rx is available online um, is, is mostly on that one you you get 20% off uh, by using the code out loud it's got to use the code out loud you do get the 20% off uh, you can go to cofixrx.com forward slash out loud or those banner ads are very handy back at america out loud in fact even the clear one there's a lot of information and research and scientific findings uh, I suggest you do your research on it actually is what I really suggest those banner ads are back right at America Out Loud they're on every post page very easy to find they're all in one area uh, they're very well presented so you can see those uh, so check that out as well and the other thing I don't want to forget to tell you right now and also Dr. McCullough I think I shared this with you but I'm not positive so I better tell you now in case I didn't but we are being the number one reseller of healthy cell uh, in the country. And uh, because we believe in the product, I've been taking it for over four years. I know you love it, Dr. McCullough. Uh, the variations of products, the nutraceuticals and the micro gel, so easy. Uh, but the discount now for our first-time orders are twenty-five percent, and that is moving forward now. Uh, that is the biggest ever. Um, that uh, and we're doing it because we're giving back to um, our listeners. Uh, that code is out loud. Gotta use out loud for that healthy cell, and that ad is back there as well. But healthy cell is a terrific, terrific line of products. There's nothing like it, Doctor McCullough.
1: It's true. Now, Malcolm, if you click on the banner bar, even for. Healthy cell does it automatically take you to the discount or? Do you it does. To
0: it? it does. Yeah, it yeah, puts you right in there, and you'll you'll get the discount. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and the nice thing about Healthy Cell is that you have this guaranteed absorption. Every time people take um, various forms of supplements and pills, whether it's a a tablet or a capsule, the question is how much is getting into the body, and the only way to overcome that. Is using the microgel technology, which is what Healthy Cell uses, and I think that's the reason why, honestly, Malcolm, they're so popular uh, and they're rapidly acting, uh, and they they're, they're just used no matter what. The so many people have gastrointestinal problems. So many people are actually on various forms of antacids, uh, like proton pump inhibitors, uh, like H two blockers. Uh, and uh, they have what's called gastroesophageal reflux and they have to be on these medicines. That means there's very little stomach acid to begin to break down these chalky tablets. Yeah. Well, we have the micro gel technology we have instant absorption and we have guaranteed delivery.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so this is a great product. So Healthy Cell, I highly, highly recommend. Uh, and um, that is there as well for you. Again, those banner ads will pop you right in there and get the discounts so and you'll get right to where you need to get to your friends. It's set up very, very easy for you. I love being able to talk about things that are going to improve our lives. And that's why we do this, friends. And we took a little more time here, but it's educational. So I don't look at it as really an ad specifically. It's education, and I see it as helping folks. And so I hope you understand that and see that as well in the way that we do. Um, I want to give you one uh, program a note here that is uh, goes right along with what we just talked about. We're talking about healthy cell or anything else for that matter when it comes to improving your life. I have the pleasure. The very unique pleasure of being with uh, Dr. Henry Ely, which is Dr. H. Uh, We affectionately refer to him. And by the way, he just did a phenomenal show last weekend. If you didn't catch that, or Energetic Health Radio runs right after the McCullough report on Saturday and Sunday, by the way. McCullough's reports at 2 p.m. Eastern, Energetic Health Radio is at 3 p.m. Eastern. Did a fantastic show that is heart-wrenching with uh, Ernest uh, Ramirez, who lost his son, uh to the Pfizer vaccine uh I it's you know Dr. H is one of the very few people who can carry that conversation and the way that he's such a caring man I guess that's the connection with Dr. H and myself why we bond so well because we I don't know there's something we love people and there's something affectionate about our uh those people and our hearts uh, just uh play to that i guess best way i'd say so i have this pleasure of working with him over two months september and october we launched this last friday september 9 every friday for eight weeks uh on my daily program the voice of the nation uh and uh at 6 and 11 right after the pulse america out loud pulse is uh five and ten and six and eleven is is uh the voice of a nation is Malcolm. And by the way, uh, well, I'll get back to that in a moment. But anyways, check this out: Taking back control of your life. This is a series you want to check out. The eight essential steps, and we'll have Doctor H. You can ask questions. You can go to the um, the uh, on the left side bar up in the menu. Just look for "Taking back control of your life," and there's a Q and A. You can ask questions in there and follow my, my follow my progress over eight weeks and see what i'm doing as far as taking on all these new uh, uh strategies that dr h has given to us this is going to help long COVID people out vaccine injury and all the rest of us who really are trying to improve life so check that out friends uh i just want to not tell you about that Take it back control of your life we're going to take a quick pause we're running a little bit late here and we'll be right back with you continue the dialogue here you're listening to america out loud pulse
1: I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. Let me tell you, this is an innovation. The Genesis Fogger uses HOCL. This is a form of hypochlorite. This is a powerful disinfectant uh, that is tried and true. It's for sure kills SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-19 virus, but many other pathogens, including bacterial as well as uh, mycofungal pathogens, enter the Genesis Fogger it is a powerful mister it's a dry mist and it does cleanse the air it does uh, have a tremendous uh, disinfectant capability for the room it's used for industrial purposes uh, and elsewhere but now it's brought to you in your home to better defend you against SARS-CoV-2 the virus COVID-19 as well as a host of other pathogens so if you go to uh, the uh, promotional code and enter in out loud you can receive a discount off of your first purchase so go to the genesis fogger website and take a look at it let's get real let's get loud on america out loud talk radio
0: here on america out loud we emphasize optimal health and air is the most essential element for life the average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to the Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back to America Out Loud Pulse. Uh, it is Malcolm Out Loud here along with Dr. Peter McCullough. And uh, these uh, you're typically you're used to hearing the uh, the Q&As in here, of course, which we've surely made famous. Um, and uh, but we really this was um, very uh, a lot of spontaneity here. But I love these kinds of conversations because they are spontaneity is a beautiful thing because you get fresh, uh, fresh thoughts and ideas at Dr. McCullough and so I'm thrilled that we have the chance to share some of these um, thoughts with people. And I mentioned the media, but I think you had another thought you wanted to bring up. And let me let me give you the floor. Well, to you a moment. I,
1: well yeah, I just wanted to mention just to, to put a punctuation mark on it. Uh, recall, I actually introduced uh, Henry Ely, Dr. Henry Ely to the yeah. platform, yeah. a terrific contributor. I'm going to be working with him directly out in the beautiful setting of Sedona, Arizona, In mid-October, I believe, October uh, 13th, 14th, 15th, and then the uh, 16th. So I'm really looking forward to working with him personally. I'm actually trying to get in shape, Malcolm, because I think he's going to want to run the canyon um, he's such a, a terrific. Oh, he's uh, marvelous. You're going to be doing personal stuff with him? Yes. Or, or, yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And so it's hosted by naturopathic Dr. Laura Rubialis, wonderful lady. Mm-hmm. Anybody wants to spend a little time with myself, Henry Ely, really an esteemed faculty in a beautiful setting, check it out mid-October. Sedona, I'm really looking forward to it. I need a little R&R and, um, and and that beautiful setting in the fall, it's going to be wow. absolutely Who's terrific. putting that on?
0: Who puts that on now, It's
1: Laura Rubialis, and she is a naturopathic doctor. You'll find the name of the, the conference on the website. Okay. Um, now, Malcolm, what I want to say is this uh, discussion that we've been having regarding uh, the PSYOP, the psychological operation, um, as really comprehensively um, uh, written on, by Bregan and COVID 19 and the global predators, and to a lesser extent by John Leake and myself in Courage to Face COVID 19. And then the psycho phenomenon of mass formation, mm-hmm. uh, as written by Matthias Desmet, building upon the work of Hannah Arendt, who described this in Nazi Germany. This discussion that we're having is how medical and clinical science evolves. This is actually how sociology evolves. Mm -hmm. How things do not evolve is when there's a false narrative, when there's censorship, when when there's no discussion, there's no exchange of ideas, uh, and and there's basically subversive actions taken against any other point of view. And that's what we're seeing out there in the social media and mainstream media. now this wide open censorship. and by the way, you know American first legal, uh, myself and Dr. Malone in a separate suit and many other suits are exposing the fact that our CDC was directly working with social media, Facebook, Twitter, and others to craft a false narrative, to actually put out false information and begin to manipulate. Messaging through social media to try to change human behavior. It was happening. And by the way, in the pandemic preparedness planning events that in outlines, this was part of the psychological operation. This was written ahead of time, that government agencies will work with social media to craft a false narrative and use propaganda techniques in order to effectuate it.
0: You know, what this pandemic has done, uh, it has pushed us so far uh, to the far left, um, to this words of progressive Marxism. Uh, and, you know, and sadly, it, things get political there because then uh, some of this becomes into the Democrat Party. I try to separate those two from the Democrat Party and Republican Party. I, I think this is less about pol- politics as I think it is more about a globalist movement now to swallow us whole. What I really haven't, what I think is an interesting phenomenon, Peter, is this. Um, you know, I, I find that people have, have forgotten we have a constitution here. They have protected constitutional rights. We have that number one, and we have rights from our creator, uh, these are rights that are our birthrights as Americans. And this is what's made this country truly, truly special, Dr. McCullough. This is it. What I'm explaining right now, this is what always made America, America, is those constitutional rights and those rights given to us from our birth and our creator. Um, and yet that's what's under attack right now. And what's really back to the whole mass formation or whatever has taken place is that most people on the street and surely today's generations, the last many generations, most of them have not a concept of what the constitution is, or even if it really does matter. So the globalists have made a lot of inroads to, to to swallow our society whole uh, really is what they're doing. And by rebuking those constitutional rights and, and God almighty has been taken out of everything, that prayer and school and every part of our lifestyle, has been removed. And so, we are under attack here, you understand. Call this what you want, Dr. McConnell. I'm gonna tell you right now, friend to friend here, this is a this is a world war three, if you want to call it that. it has nothing to do with a shot being fired at this point, but this is a world war catastrophe. We are being swallowed whole by these predators, make no mistake about it. And and I think we got we have to wake people up to the fact of to remind them of our constitution and our creator. That's where the spark is in this whole thing.
1: You know, I never had such a um, understanding of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, but it's been now we've gone over this so many times. I think actually Simone Gold gives one of the best presentations about how sequentially our rights have basically been taken away through the pandemic. But the whole purpose of our Constitution and the Bill of Rights is actually to protect us against the government. It's actually that's where we're that's protecting that's ourselves. That's that's interesting. Interesting. There's a few things John Leake, my co-author, points out. There's a few things that are to protect us from ourselves. We, you know, we want to be protected against somebody who's going to, you know, try to shoot us on the street. Sure, um, but most of this is about protection of uh, of the people, protecting us from the tyranny. Government. It's tyranny,
0: tyranny. But people don't get this from tyranny.
1: And you know, the interesting observation. <clears throat> Is that? Do you remember decades ago? You know, Jimmy Dean and Elvis Presley and Muhammad Ali. You know, all the nonconformists, all the rebels, were the youth. Do you remember, It was young people yeah, yeah, that were going to yeah. do something different. They weren't going to fall into line. But boy, look in the pandemic wow. here. The young people have just fallen into line. There's no rebels. There's nobody speaking mm. out every young iconic figure is in the trance it's mm. really an it, it's an astonishing observation
0: mm. wow it is that, that is something i mean you bring that to light and it's it's so accurate um you don't have that since we've lost that that spark you know if we could convince people of the point you just made actually when we're talking about the tyranny the point of this uh, of our constitution and the, and the point of our nation See, America was going to be different, Peter, because, and our framers knew that they were brilliant. The founders of this nation were absolutely brilliant. Now, remember, these folks were from Europe. These were the folks who uh, went against the king. And these are the folks who pushed against, uh, they they just didn't want that bureaucracy of government and all of the uh, trappings that went with it of taxes and and, uh, control, government control of your life. And so, the this was the spark of something truly magical on earth that was historic i mean really though uh, when we say american exceptionalism i'm so proud as an american i mean peter i i believe red white and blue always have i just something about this nation it just brings me to tears when i see things that just move my emotion in such a way and i love we the people i love our people and our nation is just so so magical and with majesty and and yet that point that you mention about the tyranny is so key here, because understand that's the principal reason the frame is uh, you know contracted all of this It put together this Constitution of the Bill of Rights, the amendments, and federalism was to protect us, was to protect the people they knew what had happened there they knew what was happening here and the fight for freedom and the fight for liberty and the fight for justice was lost it's gone and we no longer have that and that's the sad part and reality that they're not seeing government is not our friend peter and at this point they've become a monster and what's and what's really weird is we created the government we the people own the government the government works for us they are our employees. We are their bosses. And yet people lose sight of this. Yeah,
1: it's so true. I've mentioned this several times. and uh, People said, well, um, Dr. McCullough, you're too bold. You, know, you shouldn't want to talk to Biden that way or Trump that way or uh, Lloyd Austin. I said, wait a minute. These people work for me. Mm. I, I mean, you know, Trump has a lot of accountability to me, not vice versa. And and he was involved in kicking off this whole thing. He was very involved. And I remember when uh, when Reagan was writing his book, he was quite conciliatory towards Trump. He said, well, you know, Trump, uh, uh, Trump couldn't help it. He tried to propose hydroxychloroquine, but they wouldn't let him say much more. And I said, listen, if we have a president that week, I don't want a president that week. So I've been very hard on Trump. I've been very hard on Biden, h- harder on Biden. That, you know, our presidents have not shown the strength and the conviction mm. uh, and and the clarity and the, uh, you know, they have not shown or even articulated mm. these American ideals about civil liberties. I mean, wh- when did Trump get up there and lecture us about civil liberties? It's not happening. Um, uh, and neither has uh, Biden. And so, uh, you know, I can tell you that... Um, America is clearly uh, the jewel in the eye of the world. A great book to uh, read is called Culture Code by Clotaire Rappel, who's a French psychologist. It's a quick read. You can read it in a couple hours. But uh, Culture Code basically uh, outlines in many different ways uh, code words, code words that what comes to mind when you think of something. And it goes through all these different brands and different personality types and, and occupations but one is actually countries. And when you think of America elsewhere in the world, you know what people think of? They think of astronauts. They think of out of this world, that if any country can lead the world, it's gonna be America. And the rest of the world basically agrees. So it's not just our country. It's not just our little micro lives. It's the entire world's fate is moving forward. And I can tell you my single greatest concern is that we have so few leaders that have the moral strength, that have the intellectual capabilities, and actually the, the conviction to carry us forward. The, the two presidents I mentioned, they don't have it, in my view. They don't have it. Um, uh, and, and, and this idea that we can have a president that is so unbelievably weak, that they can't even speak their convictions. I had this conversation last night. Someone said, well, Trump was totally controlled. He couldn't say or do anything. I said, listen, he had the biggest microphone in the world. If he got out there and said, listen, I just got through COVID. I received a lot of drugs in combination. I got through it. And I want every grandmother in the United States who gets COVID to receive world-class treatment like I did. Yeah. If he actually had the conviction and the insight and the strength to say that in a microphone, there's nobody who could stop that, yeah, so what, what, people what, what people claim is people claim that he had the right idea, but he was so weak he couldn't get it out to people. And I said, well, that's not good either yeah. to have somebody who's so weak who can't even say anything about early change.
0: Well, what you're really explaining, I think, is it's a system. The presidency is a system. It, your individual thoughts are you're you're right with everything you say, but it is a system. And that system of government really takes you over. The oxygen is out of the room Peter, once you're up there. I think I don't. I don't think it's as simple as. I think if it is, they put your. I think there's there's people beyond the president is what I'm suggesting that control this uh, this narrative. You know. I know,
1: but you know what holds them captive, yeah. and this is ultimately where our conversation went to last night. I went out to dinner. I went out to dinner with a strong uh, uh, Republican, and uh, and you know I'm much more of a moderate. But you know where you know what held him captive?
0: Well, you know a better word to use? Independent. You're more of an independent thinker.
1: Yeah, independent. But, but what I'm saying is, you know what held Trump captive and, held, and holds almost everybody captive in Washington? Re-election. Right. Re-election. Right. So this idea of, oh, you may not get re-elected if you say this. You may not get re-elected. You, and that is the problem. We need people in Washington who can operate like they have nothing to lose. There's no leverage. And if you take away reelection as a leverage, and right. they can start to just make decisions on behalf of Americans, uh, we can move forward. Well, what to... you
0: described there, Peter, is a new utopia. That's the that's where we, the people, are running the government again, is what you're describing.
1: Right. And I want to just describe uh, something I've presented on stage in terms of um, civil liberties. And, excuse me, um. The thought that you, in a free and civil society, you go out and you pursue, uh, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Okay, and then things start to change. Uh, you can't go into certain stores. You can't uh, get on certain buses. You have to wear a mask. And then, mm-hmm. and then it changes more. And now you can't leave your house. Uh, you're essentially in house arrest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you could take it a step further. You could say that you're in a prison cell. So it's even worse than that. You are now, you can't even stay in your own house. You're in in a prison block. But even as you sit in a prison block and you think you've had every liberty taken away from you, you still have control over your body. But when you're in that prison cell and now they start injecting a needle in your arm or shoving a pill down your throat or branding a concentration camp uh, number on your arm, you've lost your personal medical, physical autonomy. Mm. And so that actually is the most proximal liberty to have lost. When you you lose your medical or personal autonomy, your your physical autonomy, that's it. That's actually worse than being in prison. So what's happened is people have lost their medical autonomy. They are now taking injections in their arms every six Mm. months. That's actually worse than being in prison in terms of violation, yeah. Yeah. it's a violation of one's own personal constitution.
0: It's 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 amazing. I mean, it's it's remarkable. Uh, that altar you just mentioned. Uh, those books we have in the America Out Loud Bookstore. Daniel Coyle, you mentioned the culture code, right?
1: Uh, no, there's two culture codes. The one that I quoted is by Clotaire. Oh, wrap
0: oh. Raphael, That one is as well. I see it right here. Yep. Okay. Rotel, the the culture code: an ingenious way to understand why people are around. Right.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a real fun read and it's great for a cocktail conversation. I absolutely, uh, I thought it was great. I think it's required reading in some college. Uh, we'll
0: course. put the links in the post here as well, but they are in the bookstore, the America, the America Out Loud bookstore. It's available on the nav bar there. Now, by the way, one footnote I will tell you, and I, I forgot to mention earlier, but I just realized, in fact, just coming out, if you're listening to this on uh, on the broadcast, on iHeartRadio or on America Out Loud Talk Radio, on the usual Wednesday time of America Out Loud Pulse, Coming right up after this is Dr. Peter Bregan, by the way. He will be on with me for the full hour, uh, talking about all of these strategies, and we'll pick up some of the things I've actually shared here with Dr. McCullough, and I'll put them out into the light of day. So we'll now get a, a fresh perspective. I just realized that, Dr. McCullough. Hey, thank you. Uh, what a terrific conversation here. Uh, really surpassed my expectations. I hope you learned something as well, Francis so thank you for being on the mission. Uh, and joining us here on America Out Loud Pulse. Always be ahead.